Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, today I'm so excited that we get to chat with Kirsten Larson, and this is not American doll Kirsten Larson. This is Kirsten W. Larson, the author of some great children's books, including a new book about someone who invented an airplane and that's not the Wright Brothers. So first of all, welcome to the show today, Kirsten. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I get to chat with a bunch of children's book authors over the next couple of months, and you can find all the great titles. They've, they've put them together on one website site called steamteambooks.com. Just an incredible number of new STEM-themed children's books coming out right now, right? I mean, it's it's really pretty crazy. I think it's a very popular time for STEM books for all ages. The STEAM Team books go from picture book up through novels for middle grade readers. True and a lot of browsable nonfiction too. So there's really something for everybody. Right. And a lot of teachers are looking for ways that they can get some more of these types of books and titles into their classroom to get kids in their spare time reading and, and sparking some interest. Like like the book that you wrote about, Kirsten, is about Emma, Lily, and Todd who invented an airplane. And it's called Wood, Wire, and Wings. And we'll talk about that a bunch more in a moment. But uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, Kirsten. You used to work with rocket scientists at NASA? Yeah, so I say, um, you know, I used to work with rocket scientists at NASA, and now I write books for curious kids. So I started my career working in public relations for NASA. Mm -hmm. And I worked in Southern California, where I live now, where Mm -hmm. NASA does a lot of flight tests. Oh, yeah. And works on new airplanes and airplane modifications. And I also worked for NASA in Washington, D.C. on the space shuttle and space station programs. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I got to go to lots of space shuttle launches. Oh. got to work uh, in mission control in the, the press room there at Johnson Space Center in Texas. So it was a lot of fun. So I, I kind of see myself as a science translator. That's what I did at NASA. And that's what I also do when I write children's books. And that's really something that we want as teachers. We're trying to teach kids complex ideas, especially those STEM kind of uh, topics, but to be able to make it understandable. In fact, that's that's an important connection between STEM and literacy too. Exactly. And for me, you know, it's really self-serving because I am truly like a curious kid. I want to know everything about everything. When I write a book, it's an opportunity to really make myself an expert. And then if I can explain it in a way that a child can understand and become passionate about, then I know that I've done my job and that I understand it myself. Right. And that sounds a lot like what us as educators are trying to do every day. We're trying to spark some interest in a kid. And I want to talk about this brand new book that you have in 2020 called Wood Wire and Wings. Most people know of the Wright brothers, but most people don't know about Emma Lilly. Yeah, she was definitely, um, she's somebody who sort of disappeared from history. It's interesting because she was really widely covered in newspapers and um, journals at during her time period in the early 1900s. But she sort of, for whatever reason, disappeared from history. So for me, it was really important to put women back in the narrative of early flight alongside the Wright brothers, Santo Dumont, Glenn Curtis. You know, there were so many people creating new airplane designs in the early 1900s. 1900s. And I wanted to make sure that Lily and Todd was right there alongside them. Yeah. And it's important to tell those stories, especially so kids can hear, especially things that maybe nobody knows from history, things that get lost, things that get forgotten. And for someone like Emma, who invented an airplane at at that point, 
nobody had done it. So everybody was trying all these different ways to, to make something great like that. Well, and I think that's what I found so interesting is a lot of times we tell a very um, finished product view of history. The Wright brothers invented the airplane. It flew in 1903, period, end of story. (laughs) But But what we don't realize is, you know, they, yes, they had the first successful flight, but very quickly... A lot of other engineers and inventors thought, ooh, you know, they're onto something. Let's see if we can tweak and redesign and make it better. And so many people were doing that. I mean, there were no two airplanes in the United States looked alike, I think, until 1908. Every single airplane built was a new design. And there were so many people working in this field. But I think a lot of times we don't tell that view of history. Right. And kids need to know that the design that they come up with versus the design that somebody else in the classroom comes up with can be completely different. Well, and in a lot of cases, it depends on, you know, what you're building for, you know, and one thing that I say in the author's note to my book is places like NASA's flight research facility, which is called Armstrong here in Southern California, Mm -hmm. they're continuing to reinvent the airplane every single day. They're working on an airplane design right now that will have a lower sonic boom. So hopefully airplanes can fly faster across the United States. So yes, the Wright brothers first flew in 1903, 1903, but that is not the end of the story. Right. We're still redesigning and reinventing airplanes even today. Right. So if we if we dive into that for a little bit before we get back to some of the really cool parts of your book, Kirsten, and again, we're chatting with Kirsten Larson. You can find out more information about her at, at kirsten-w-larson.com or you can find out all these great books at steamteambooks.com. And of course, all these things are in the show notes as well. But Uh, that engineering design process. And you kind of really built that into the book, into the story is such an important skill that teachers may have an easier time talking about science, technology, and math, but that E, that engineering is a little bit trickier. Well, and I think what I wanted to do was I wanted to normalize failure. Mm -hmm. I mean, failure is such a fundamental part of engineering and inventing you know, you come up with what you think is the best design Mm -hmm. uh, based on, you know, your criteria. And then the first thing you have to do is test it. And it is not going to work perfectly the first time. So the engineering and the inventing really comes in in that redesigning um, and, you know, retesting over and over and over again until you get it just right. And that's really what I wanted to show in the book. I mean, it was a four-year process um, for for Lily and Todd from her initial inspiration until her airplane flew. And there were numerous very public failures. But I want students to see that as normal. And succeeding on the first try is abnormal. <laughs> yeah. It's great when it happens, but it's not what's normal. Right. Nobody still buys iPhone one anymore, right? right. Everybody <laughs> buys uh, the brand new version of it. Otherwise, yeah, it would have been easy. We just stop right there. Right. You we're know. done. We invented the iPhone. No Period. more. <laughs> Period. History over. All right. So right. Uh, let's, let's dive into a couple other really neat things about the book. Of course, it's, it's beautifully done. Uh, you've written uh, over 25 children's books already. So this isn't like something brand new that you decided to do. You're, you're an expert at this. And you know what, how, to, how to really draw some of those things out in a kid. Um, you draw from part of uh, Emma Lillian Todd's inspiration from nature and, and, and from growing up in kind of a, like a hands-on enjoying things as a kid. Yeah. So, you know, Lillian Todd is a girl in the late 1800s 
kind of had the original baker space. Yeah. I mean, her grandfather was an inventor. He had a patent on a carriage wheel and he's really the one who inspired her. And when she writes about engineering and inventing, you know, it's a part of her DNA. It's, it's not something she could not do. She had to do it. It right. was in her bones. It was passed down from her grandfather and both he and her mother, she lived with her mother, not her father. Her mother really encouraged her to take apart the clock, even if she couldn't put it back together. <laughs> yeah. you know, and her and her mom did not get angry. You know, her mom got a little miffed that she used the sharp scissors because her mom was a dressmaker. <laughs> and her response was basically how I'll buy you your own scissors, you know, but she was very supportive. Yeah. And again, that's something else that we want. Maybe to have a kid be able to check this book out, take it home, read it with their parents, their family at home and come back and and get that little bit of I'm going to try making stuff while I'm at home um, with, right. the, with the support of my parents as well. Right. Um, and then some of the other things in there, she worked in a patent office. Right. So Lillian Todd, I mean, she grew up in a time when all career fields were not open to women. Right. You know, had had engineering and inventing really been a path for a single woman, she probably would have done that. But she lived in a time when that really wasn't a possibility for someone trying to support herself. Mm -hmm. So she worked in the U.S. Patent Office and her job was to type up patent applications on a typewriter. Wow. She, was a she was a typist. And in fact, she even invented um, a little stand to hold up papers while she was typing so she could see them more easily. That yeah. was one of the first inventions she had patented. That's cool. So, um, yeah, so she she basically took one of the paths that was open to her as a woman in the early 1900s. And she talks about as she saw all these patents come across her desk, she started building these inventions in her mind. And um, Tracy Subasak, the illustrator, really shows that beautifully um, in one of the spreads in the book with actual inventions from the time period. Wow. And you can only imagine, I mean, what a cool job that would have been. Uh, I would have loved that job to be able to just see all these different patent applications and, and to see all these different people's ideas. Because as we know, as we look back through time, there are some crazy patent ideas out there. Well, and I mean, this was really the age of invention. This oh, was yeah. the industrial revolution in America yeah. and really a time period when a lot of the first ideas for flying were coming into the patent office. And there were some really fantastical ideas of wings for human beings and oh, yeah. boat-like you know, designs that would float from balloons. So everybody had an idea for how to help humans fly. Yeah. And those were coming across her desk. And as she looked at them, you know, she was always a very practical person. And she really thought flight was going to be the future but she really believed it had to be practical. Yeah. So when she saw some of these designs, she <laughs> thought, I, I think I can do something better. And you know what? That's a skill we want kids to have too, that, that I see something out there, I think I can do it better. Um, that, that's just a, a really cool idea. Exactly. So you also draw in a lot of different quotes. Uh, I assume you found those from a lot of the writings and stories that, like you said, uh, there was a lot of news and things about her back in those days. Exactly. So one of the things that I really enjoyed doing, she had some some wonderful quotes. 
Um, and I was able to pull a lot of those into the text. All of these, most of them come from newspaper articles or journals or magazine articles. Um, and they're actually all referenced. All those quotes are referenced in the back. So you can see where they, where they came from. But it's just, it's so wonderful to sort of hear her journey in her own words. And for me, that's really the magical part because it's a, a way to see into her mind. Mm-hmm. And that could definitely be a magical thing for a kid in our classroom or, or if we're a parent to be able to give that, that book to our kid as well. I, again, the book is titled Wood, Wire and Wings. Emma, Lillian, Todd invents an airplane. You have an educator's guide available on your website. Tell us a little bit about that because there's so many different ways that I could imagine using this in, in our normal curriculum. And that's one of the joys of this particular book. So I, I'm able to talk with kids about this book from an common core language arts standpoint, you know, talking mm-hmm. about research and how you craft nonfiction. <laughs> and then I can also take this to a group of kids and we can talk about the engineering design process and we can use Lillian's journey as a model for that and then brainstorm and design some of our own ideas. Right. And it's got in the educator's guide that you can find on her website, kirsten-w-larson.com. It's got all the standards linked in it. Uh, It's got a whole section for English language arts connections, math, science, social studies. Uh, Yeah, just thinking you could connect it to the Industrial Revolution. You could connect it to the history of flight. And then, of course, there's math, there's engineering, there's science. And then, of course, all the reading stuff, even the artwork as well. And thinking about how do you draw stuff? You could even have kids try to draw their own plane. Well, and one of the really interesting things when I read this book with with children, a lot of times I'll ask them what they notice in the pictures before Mm -hmm. I even read the page. And in a lot of cases, they really zero in in on a lot of details, like how many drawings of airplanes Lily and Todd has spread before her or how many different versions of a carriage wheel her grandfather has on the page where she's with her grandfather. And so they really start to realize just by looking at the illustrations, what the engineering design process is all about. Right. And again, that's something that we really need to be focusing on more. And I think a lot of teachers are starting to focus on it a little bit more in the classrooms as well. And um, kudos to you, Kirsten, for uh, writing this book and and making it available. And just thinking through a lot of kids, I think, would really resonate with, with the ideas where there's this kid who just likes to make stuff and then growing up and, and doing fantastic things. The hard thing about writing a picture book biography is you have so little space to try to tell a slice of a person's story. Yeah. And one interesting thing about Lily and Todd, which makes it into the back matter, but not the main part of the book, is she was kind of the original STEM educator. She really saw flight as a very practical thing that would shape the future of our country. And she thought airplanes would be used for surveying, for personal transportation, by the military. And so she started the Junior Aero Club in America. And the whole purpose of that group was to teach young children the science of flight because she felt like that was going to be the future. And so she and this group of children would build rubber band balloons. They would build airplane models and exhibit them at different shows. So I always like to say that she's kind of, you know, an original STEAM educator, STEM educator, or, you know, makerspace maven. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Um, just some great ideas in there. And, and again, I, I urge everybody to, to check out that book and, and find it wherever, uh, wherever you find books. It'd be great to add to any school library or classroom library. 
um, especially if you can get it to get home with some of those kids into those homes and, and helping them to be able to make and, and do and create when they're, when they're on their own as well. Again, uh, ideally, probably like second to fifth grade and, and of course, older and younger kids could probably gain from it too. Exactly. I mean, the, the target age group is definitely upper elementary, but the really cool thing is increasingly you'll see picture books used in middle school curricula as sort of an entry point for kids to learn more about certain people or certain subjects. Right. So really, you know, you could use them from, from second grade up through middle school. Yeah, definitely. A couple of other questions here for you, Kristen, before we let you go. Uh, what do you hope is the future of STEM education? Where do you see it maybe heading in the next few years? Or Well, I think increasingly I would like to see students having more and more hands-on opportunities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been very heartened to see robotics teams at schools and maker spaces. Um, and in a lot of cases, those are sort of after school or lunchtime activities. I would love to see more and more hands-on opportunities for students in the classroom, maybe even to take their own concept for an invention and take it all the way through the engineering design process to launch. I think yeah. that would be really cool. That's awesome. So teachers, if you're listening out there to this episode, definitely think about how could you get your kids inventing more in your classroom, making sure they got those resources, those things to just be able to tinker with, or like one of the things from the book, whittling and fiddling. (laughs) Yes. I mean, she really, she's so funny. I can imagine her as this pack rat, you know, squirreling away all these wires and broken things and turning, you know, turning them into useful inventions. She really could not help, you know, tinkering with anything in front of her. Right. And those are great skills we want all of our kids to have. Kirsten, if you could sit down and have some dinner with, or, or, or maybe do a, or maybe do a book about somebody from STEM, past or present, who would you love to be able to, uh, to get to know from STEM? Well, you know, this is, this is very difficult. This is like asking me which child is my favorite or which book that I've written is my favorite. It's impossible. If I could sit down with any scientist or engineer, past or present, I think I would want to have a meal with Carl Sagan. I remember very clearly in ninth grade watching his series, The Cosmos, and it really igniting my interest in physics, especially particle physics. I think that show did such a wonderful job of communicating complicated science topics to the general public. And so he's always been someone that I really admire. Again, the book is titled Wood, Wire and Wings. Brand new book in 2020, Emma, Lily, and Todd Invents an Airplane. Great job and all the best to you. And uh, definitely educators should check out that book. Thank you so much for having me. And again, find more information at kirsten-w-larson.com. And again, as always, the links are in the show notes as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Remember, there's going to be tons more great books on a whole bunch of episodes this year. You can find out more about them at steamteambooks.com. Again, you can find out more about me at dailystem.com or on all the social medias at Daily Stem. And I'm Chris Woods, and we'll talk to you again next time. You've been listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find out more information about this or other episodes, please visit remarkablechatter.com or dailystem.com.